Also, I'm so happy that the head of our base medrash, Rabbi Yosef Bronstein, is here with us tonight, and everyone will be able to taste some of his uh, his be'er as well. All the rabbi, all the all the precious chaver that we have. I just have to apologize, really. Um, I, I had not, Mamash, I had not been feeling good this whole week, and. Uh, so I don't know how much crack and Aaron, you're gonna have like a, you're gonna have like three hours tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. No, no, go. Listen, the chaver will be happy. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, everyone will have. Yeah. Um. I want. I have. I have a. I have such a special shear that I prepared, honestly, and. Um, I know I'm not going to get close to, 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 to going through it as thoroughly as I, I, I would have liked to in order to get to the point of the shir. But I never, I didn't realize how meduyak, the title that I chose, really is what I'm feeling in my heart. And that is the, a generation of, of Arava Jews. Is that what I said, Mashkaza? 
So I have to preface by saying like this, is that um, I'm sure many of you saw the, uh, you saw a lot of different things this circus, when things go viral very fast. Letov Villera, you know, for good or for, or for bad. But when we're thinking about, this is the day of the Arava, Yom Ha'arava, even though when you look at the Mishnah, it, it's very interesting. The lesson of the Mishnah is that is it's called Yom Hashvi'i Shel Arava, which means every day was Arava, had to do with the Arava, and seventh day is the seventh day of the Arava. It's not just that tomorrow we have a special thing with Arava, and the Mishnah, the Mishnah and the Gemara speaks about what, why Dafka every day the Arava stood out. It wasn't just that we had an Arava, but it was also the, there was a massive Arava that was placed also by the Aram. So. This day of Arava is not just a Shana Rabba, it's really the whole door. That's what I'm saying, it's the whole generation. And we know that Arava is that the Arava is, like someone asked me this week, where is he? Is Pesach here? He'll be up in a second. Pesach said to me a few nights ago, he always asked me these far out questions just out of, out of nowhere. He's like, which species do you, defi- do you, def- do you uh, identify with tonight? Like. <laughs> Imagine if I said Esrog. Can you imagine if, like I said to him, I feel like an Etrog, you know? <laughs> what a bald guy, right? No. I said to him, honestly... It's 2023. You could identify. Emes. <laughs> 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 Hashem It's kind of what I want to talk about, actually. <laughs> 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 and I, I actually said to him, the Arava, I had a talk with someone that's sitting at this table without mentioning names. That uh, there was a sense in the air of, um, we know Sukkis is the highest, Salman Simchaseinu. Someone didn't come to the Simchas Bisa Sheva this week because it said on the flyer, come with joy. <laughs> and they weren't feeling it, and they didn't come. They didn't come. And I shared with him what I shared with him, and it's really been, it's been lingering, and it's been, it's been a very real feeling I have this whole week. And... I want to speak about a certain aspect of the door of the Arava, the generation of Arava, from a different side. Usually we say about the Arava, what, what defines an Arava is that it doesn't have tam and it doesn't have reach. The Arava doesn't have taste and it doesn't have smell. I want to say it a little bit differently. There's a door of an Arava that it has a, it has a very potent tam, and it has a very potent reach, but it's not at all the tam and the reach that we want to have anything to do with or be associated with. And what I'm referring to, just in the name of being real with everyone over here, like we always try to do, is probably six seconds of footage that I saw today from Rav Leo in Tel Aviv. I'm sure you all saw it by now. The MS is, I don't think the person, this, that, 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 the Arava Jew, the Arava Jew that we're trying to define, that, that Arava Jew had, didn't, I don't think he knew about Leo's personal story or not. I don't think it mattered. I don't think it mattered to him, Bichlam. But an Abba that, that his, his wife and daughters are shechted last uh, two regals ago, Pesach. Cholomoy Pesach is going to sing, uh, you know, Hallel in Tel Aviv. Whatever the reasons are, 
and that our eyes see such things, it's alluding to a very, very important thing, that message that we have to, we have to really open our hearts and try to understand. How in the world, how in the world have we reached a place like this in Eretz HaKodesh after thousands of years of being away from Eretz HaKodesh? What happened over here? So sometimes I feel that there's a whole door that had instructions from people that originated in very high and, and right places that something got messed up in the hierarchy, in the top of what the message was supposed to be. And then it trickles down to being able to have situations like we witnessed. And it wasn't just... <laughs> It wasn't just one or two shuls in Tel Aviv. It was 18 different shuls in Tel Aviv, and it was all over Ramat Sharon, and there was in Haifa, and there was other places as well, that this, the most anti-anti-anti-arava in the bad place took place. And Mechila for saying such harsh words, this is just, I'm not going to pretend that this is not where it's at right now. There's also a Rosh Yeshiva. It was a friend of mine in Tel Aviv. The Rosh Yeshiva, I think he's one of the Rosh Yeshiva there in, in Yeshivat Orot Shaul. He has there in Tel Aviv. Very special place. Our, our neighbor's son, Rami uh, Fleischman, goes there. One of the Rabbeim there, his name is Rav Tamir Granot. Rav Tamir Granot is an amazing individual. He's written some of the most incredible works on Emuna in light of the Holocaust. And many other things. He's a, he's a big, big Tamid Chacham and a very special Jew. And he's pleading with, the, with the, the city council of Tel Aviv today that they should allow them to go and do hakafas in the street. <coughs> this hakafas shniyas. Tzarech boys. It's like, we need to, we need to stop this and be like, Wait, it's, it's, it's not just Arava. Mele Arava is like that you'd walk around Tel Aviv with the Sefer Taira, and no one would care. So that's like an Aravaji, right? In Tambarach. But then there's, there's this whole other world where it's coming from a very, it's coming from a different place where it seems that such a massive, massive misunderstanding took place at a certain point and it's been trickling down for years, maybe slowly, slowly, but now it's almost like a boom of the result of what initially may have been some good Nikuda Tova, which we don't understand exactly, because we're so far from that. We're so far from that. We can understand this sugi a little bit if anyone learns Ma'amar Hador of Rav Kook, especially the, the, the beginning of Ma'amar Hador of Rav Kook, where Rav Kook, I hope Be'ez Hashem to learn it with the boys this year. We spoke about this in, in the summer. Ma'amar Hador of Rav Kook explains how Jabotinsky had a concept where he referred to Eretz Am Yisrael as, uh, what was the word, Pe'er, I think he used to use that word all the time, right? We need to restore Pe'er. Pe'er was like glory of a Jew. Mm-hmm. For so many years, anyone that, was, that had any type of religious resemblance, and they were all shtetl viewed, and the new generation that was done with that, even before the war, couldn't handle anything that resembled the Nebuch Jew that was beaten up by the parts. And in the name of something actually very holy, Hadar, sorry, not Pe'er, Hadar, mm-hmm. I think, right? Hadar. Hadar was the word. 
Hadar. So comes people like Jabotinsky and, and Begin as well, and they're trying to instill some kind of a new type of Jew is not necessarily disconnected from Torah and mitzvahs, but it's much more that we have to feel proud of what we look like, proud of what we sound like, proud of how we're portrayed in the world. But the Arava generation of today, of course, there are plenty of those that don't feel, they don't feel anything. But we're not even speaking about that. People are feeling a lot here in Eretz Yisrael. I don't know any Arava Jew in Eretz Yisrael anymore. Arava on the level of, I don't feel anything. Everyone's feeling something. There's a lot of feelings. A lot of very strong feelings. A lot of very strong emotions. But again, at a certain point in time, something, something at the, in the elite, something Lemala Shambashoresh came out, so too, so too, in the tzad of those that, so to speak, represent Torah as well. So too. The world that also represents Torah, so to speak, at a certain point, there was something, there was an akuda that really started off totally, totally purely Shem Shemayim, without too much thought of later generations. <clears throat> we learned already a few times this year there were certain decrees Chazal made where the only reason they made it after Churban Abayis is because they never could have imagined that Galus would have lasted this long. So therefore they made certain decrees that are still Shayach till today. Mainly because they just couldn't imagine that such a thing could happen. Let me ask you friends, what would be if someone came and revealed to us that there's a whole mahalach in our lives. Forget about the other side for a second. Forget about Hever that are bumping into bothering Leo while he's saying hello. That, I'm not even talking about that. What would happen if there's a whole tzad of Yiddishkeit, the whole tzad, the whole side, that it seems like we meant well, but we made a huge mistake. We just didn't calculate things right. We, we, met, we messed up something. I see your eyes are all like, is he going to start to like, you know, <laughs> bring in instruments on shop? No, I'm not talking about, about, about these kind of things. Speak about something much more, much more panimi about this for a second. I have, Baruch Hashem, I didn't realize how much clever, and I just printed this, but as you'll see, this is a much, much longer shear. I want to show you something to explain what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say about what the day of, uh, of Hashanah Rava is all about. Now, this day of Hashanah Rava gives, gives us a, an, an understanding of, of the Hoshana that we're davening and that we're going to be davening tomorrow, you know, greater than ever. I will just add one more thing with all that very heaviness that I shared with you. I experienced something this morning that I've never experienced in my life, ever. I'm not using the term lightly. Usually when you go somewhere with either without expectations or not really knowing what's waiting for you, um, sometimes it could be very, very special. Very special. One of the people that's really uh, uh, bringing a tremendous new light to Am Yisrael these days is Rav Dov Zinger, who just opened up his new campus this week in Neve Daniel, Yeshivat Makor Chaim. And together with our dear friends, the Golovenses, 
Shimon and Esti Gulevensitz, who lost their son David Nebuch in the army a few years ago, have been launching these massive halals uh, throughout the country. I think Kimat every Rosh Chodesh, and on, the, and on Yom Tovim as well. Shimon's asked, we're very, very close. Esti comes to just about every single shir we have here. You know Shimon, he's, he's been around. And uh, it happened that it worked out that for the first time I would go and do the halal today for this chevra. I thought it was like a bunch of high school kids that came to just be with the Rebbe, with Rav Dov Zinger, and they'd play some instruments and it'd be, it'd be, it'd be beautiful. I walked into uh, the great synagogue this morning at uh, 7.15, Mashukaza. 7.30, Hachana Latfila, go up, sing to Nigunim. Hundreds of people there at 7.30. 7.45, davening starts. Thousands of people, th- thousands, I'm not exaggerating, if you saw any of the footage, and people that really came to pour out their heart and to really, really, really daven, to really daven. And then they stayed and learned with Rav Dov Zinger upstairs and Rav Doran Perez from Mizrahi Gevashir downstairs in English. So on a, on, a, on a bright side, you know, not everything, Khalila, <laughs> is wrong. Not everything is going the wrong way. But still, I feel like this Deva Shanaraba is asking us to... Uh, to see, like, what is this? What is the secret behind this very mystical day, Hoshana Rabbah, Which, as we said before in the Mishnayos, you're not going to find the Gemaras. You're not going to find anything too particular and that's going to make it stand out. So I want to just ask that question again: What is the day of Hoshana Rabbah all about, and what could it be? What is it like when maybe, perhaps, something completely went off with all the good kavanas? How do we fix it? What do we do about it? What do we do about it? Especially today in a, in a door that there's no, we don't have, despite Rav Steinsaltz's uh, attempt, we don't have a Sanhedrin today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as you see in the first source over here, and then we really have from the Zohar HaKadosh, we have a connection to this day. It's not the first time the Zohar is the source for things that have become very big in Am Yisrael's calendar. But the first source is the Zohar in Parashas Tzav, Uviyoha Shviya Dechag, who siyuma de dina, the dina de alma. Today, the seventh day of, uh, tonight, the seventh day of Chag of Sukkot is the end of the din of this world. That's why you have people that, you know, we start off saying, Ketivah v'chatimah tova, then we switch off after Yom Hashanah and we say, Gmar v'chatimah tova, and then even though people have no idea what they're saying, then they say a good kvito, a pitka tova, right? The Zohar HaKadosh says, Upitkin nafke mi malka. And the letters, the letters are written and sent out from the house of the king. Something about today is like the Gmar Chatimah Tova. Then Chassidim came and took it and they stretched it out till, uh, till Hanukkah, but we're not going to get there right now. <laughs> but for now, the Zohar HaKadr says, this is the day, the end of the day of the din of the world. But the Yerushalmi comes and shows us something very interesting. The Yerushalmi in Rosh Hashanah says, there's a pasuk in Yeshaya, ve'osi yom yom yidrashun, that they will darshan me, they will seek out to me day, day. Now in Hebrew, modern Hebrew, yom yom means all the time, right? yom yom, I came every single day. Yom yom, Chazal, you know, Chazal always darshan, okay, that means two different days, yom yom. What are the two days that are, seems to be where there's a calling out more than any other days of the year? 
זאת תקיעה וערבה, ירושלמי says. Both. Both. The day of the blowing of the shofar and the day of the arava, the day of today. Pnei Moshe says, Yom shel tkiya ve yom shel arava, shehakol ba'im litparel yachad bebeit haknesset. I guess, I don't know, Yom Kippur gets a bad rap here. It's like they're saying, oh, Rosh Hashanah and, and, uh, and, um, and Rosh Hashanah Rabbah, that's when people came to shul. It seems everyone comes together, and I just want to encourage everyone to try their best. I know it's a little bit longer than usual. I know there's a chanas with some Torah. I know there's a, you know, there's a lot going on. We, I just want to say we have, our shul has a big shlichus in the world that's larger than any of us and bigger than what any of us individually could have ever imagined. There will be a lot of people here coming from all over tomorrow. And it's very important that as much as the chaver that are here, yom yom, not yom yom like this, but yom yom, that we're all together, I'm going to try, without any haftachas, making it a little bit shorter, figured out a few ways to do that. But this is the day we're all coming together, Hashanah Rabbah, now. Like I said before, the whole mahalach of this shir is trying to understand what's the primius of the day of the arava, and when did we ever have it before that possibly everyone pashut made a mistake that came from a good place? You've all heard of the gon, the gon oilam, the rogachover, right? Rabbi Yosef Rosen, the rogachover, he was the one that gave the babach Rebbe smicha. The rogachover was a gon oilam, not just in his own times, but he would be comparable to almost any time yeah, throughout our history. The rogachover was... Not from this world. And he's alive. He was born, I think, in the middle of the 19th century, and he passes away a few years before Rav Cook passed away. So that would be... Uh, sorry, maybe a few years after. 38, I think he died. I think he died three years afterwards. You could check. Whatever it is, that's, that's the time that he's in. The Gorma Rogachev always gives, like, one-liners... But he basically tells you, you have to learn through a whole sugya to understand how I got to this one-liner. What we're going to see is Mamish, a one-liner out of a letter to explain to us the pnimius of what actually happened on Hoshana Rabbah. The first Hoshana Rabbah that we had with the Beis HaMikdash. Everything I said to you before about something starting off with a good kavana, but it ended up being a big mistake happens in the Torah. <coughs> and we have a concept like this. What's it called? It's called par hel and davar There's a certain korban you have to bring, not when you made your own mistake, but when, when there was a clear hora'ah from above, from the whole chevra that are sitting and giving hora'ot. And it was a mistake. And there's a certain korban you have to bring. Now, to really get juicier with this cheer. There's so many different nafkaminas here, and, and because of the, the koyach I don't have in the time that's already, I'm taking from a Feigenbach's time, the whole, the whole thing right now is I don't want to get too much in the details of the differences, different types of korbanas, but if you look in Pashas Vayikra, in third source, V'im kol adas Yisrael yishgu, v'nelam davar me'ne akal, v'asul achas mikol mitzvah Hashem asher lo te'asena v'ashem. Ben Bakar, 
what happens if the whole Ada does something wrong? And they have to bring a certain korban, a parben bakar lechatat. They have to bring it to the oil moed. And there's a difference there between when a person does an individual chet that's wrong, what you do with the blood, and what happens with the blood when it's kolakal biyachad, where you spritz the blood, you spritz it onto the aron. The Rambam helps us understand this a little bit. I'm just running through this. The Rambam in says like this. Very, very clear Rambam, okay? Very clear. Kol davar shechayavin al shigigato chatat kvua. Im shigigo beis din agadol behora. If the Beis Din with the Hora'ah, they commanded to do something, and they said that this something is mutter, and they made a mistake in what they said, they're good, they're being good Jews. I, I did what Chazal told me. I'm listening to what they said. Only problem is the Rambam tells us, but, but it was a shgaga. They made a mistake, but everyone everyone did the right thing. Who here would feel bad if, like somehow miraculously, there was insane achdus with all the Hanhagah Rabbanit in Eretz Yisrael, and they all came to a certain conclusion that echveis? I don't know. And let's give something a little bit out there. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I, mean, I want to go a bit more, a, a, a bit more extreme than that, okay? Because we're going to go to the most extreme in a second. We're going to go to the most extreme in a second. Let's say they started saying, you don't wear tefillin on Rosh Chodesh. I don't know. Let's just say. Not Rosh Chodesh Echad B'Shavis. I'm saying Rosh Chodesh, okay? You don't put a tefillin on Rosh I don't know. It's something like that, right? But it all came out clearly that this is a Hora'ah. Would any of us feel bad if we stopped putting on tefillin on Rosh Chodesh? We're fine. That's what they told us. This is what they told us, Nachon. second line in the Rambam. But then the Beis Din realized, uh oh, whatever we said, equivalent of whatever, not putting on to him, whatever. The Beis Din they kept on putting on tefillin every Rosh Chodesh, right? But they told everyone else not to, let's say, right? No, they still have to bring the Korban Chabad because it was done in their Hurrah, okay? She'ein mashgichin al-asiyas beistin al-beistin klal bein asu bein lasu ela al-hurrah asan bilvad. Their Hurrah is what's koveya, the maisa, if you have to bring a Korban or not. V'sha'ara am p'turi min korban But the rest of the am is patur. Even though you and I didn't do whatever, but we have, we could be tola in Beisdin. Okay? Now this, I just wanted to just explain this a little bit, just, you know, just explain the, 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 a mitzius that, you know, did this happen? Uh, when has this happened? The person can bring a lot of shgagot. There's 43 different korbanot, the 43 different types of chatas you have to bring on a shgaga. There's 43 different types. But this one's different. This is a different type of korban that the whole head of the class, Kivyal, right? They told us to do it and we don't do it. Yefeh. Now this is much deeper. I want to get straight to the point. When was the first time this really, really, really happened? Big time. It's startling. 
The first time this ever really, really happened, I'm sure you know this, was the first Yom Kippur that we had based on Migdash. The first Yom Kippur that we had based on Migdash. Anyone knows what happened there? <laughs> we ate on Yom Kippur. Do you know this? We ate on Yom, Yom Kippur was canceled. Not the eating aspect of, 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 it was still a date on the calendar. They didn't jump from Teth to Yudalit, but the eating aspect of Yom Kippur was canceled. And it's a crazy sugya. If you look at the psukim I have here, look in, in Melachim and in the Gemara and Moed Katan, you, you look inside, you'll see it. It's, it's wild. It's basically, it was the first, it was the Chanukah Sabayis, it was that first Tishrei when Shlomo Amanach, when they built the, finished building based on Migdash. And it's, it's a long sigya, and it is for now, but it's also not for now, because I want to get to really what, what the point of all this is. It came to them, though, right away, Nelam, they realized right away, the conclusion we had to be matir eating on Yom Kippur, after everyone did it, was Pashat the mistake. It was wrong. It was absolutely wrong. Now, two things, are, two things are just incredible about this. You'd think you'd step down if you ended up being part of a Chabura that, that ended up being matir to eat on Yom Kippur. That's one thing. Bez, you'd probably find another religion if you were part of that first group of Yidin that on their first Yom Kippur end up eating and then are told, uh-oh, we made a mistake. You'd be like, I need more reliable authority. I, I, I probably need people that know a little bit better what they're talking about. Turn the page. We're gonna, I'm going to go right to the end. You all know the Sefer, Igros Haraya. Those are the beautiful letters. The letters that are filled, I remember, in our, in our first um, uh, shir that we did with, with the Kolel Chavra, we... We spent, Eli, I sent it to you, I think, right? Tzadik hey, Yigeres Tzadik hey. We thought we were going to spend just like 20 minutes showing an Indian of Rav Kook speaking about Pnimiyu Satara. I think we, we, had to, we had to stop after two and a half hours of just going through one letter of Rav Kook describing Pnimiyu Satara. So the Igros, the letters of Rav Kook are, are magical. There's another Sefer. I don't have it. Anyone, do you have this review of this, this, this Sefer? There's a Sefer called Igrot Leraya. Not letters from Rav Kook, letters to Rav Kook. Letters to Rav Kook from a bunch of the Gdolim of the generation. Now listen, listen, listen to this. This is a crazy letter. Igros Leraya, Mikhtav Meisagon, Rav Avram Diamant, Rav Kook. He says to him like this. Ve'agaon pe'er hador, Rav Yosef Razim. That's right, that typo. Kasavli, he's referring to Oshana Rava. Shebeyom ze hikrivu bimei shlomo par helem davar shel tzibur al shigigas hara shehoru shlomo ubeis dino bechanukas beis hamigdash lehafer toras hatzom kamavur b'moed katan alef v'talu beze. The Rogachover, through the whole Mahalach that we didn't, we didn't, we didn't go into right now, the Rogachover, and it's an amazing thing, this is not found in any of the Rogachover's svarim. It's, it must have been a, uh, I don't know, a hidden piece of Torah or something, because usually, you know, when you write something like this, you could find it inside one of the farm. Shumdavar. It's not written in any of the farm. It says like this. The Rogachov says, I did a cheshbon. I did a cheshbon. And, it's, and it, again, 
it's too much details for right now, but he basically said, by the time that they realized, in the time of Shlomo HaMelech, that they made a mistake and they allowed that Yom Kippur to be to have food and drink, they did a cheshba now. And when did it come out that they brought this par helem shel tzibur that we spoke about in the beginning? When did it come out? It came out of Shana Rabbah. Okay, so now let's go deep inside. What is it saying to us about Shana Rabbah? What are we screaming when we're saying Hoshana lemancha elokeinu Hoshana? Hoshana lemancha boreinu Hoshana. What are we actually asking for? Hashem, give me parnasa. And I think we we've had a lot of those. Uh, you could tell which shul you're davening in. Which avinu malkeinu is the loudest, right? <laughs> Some shuls kosveinu besefer parnasa v'chalkala. Everyone's screaming and you know <laughs> screaming their brains out. That's funny. I, I just. Uh, this reminds me of something I told the Chavra a few years ago. You could really tell about who, which Avinu Malkeinu is most dearest to you. It's very telling. There's a very beautiful, special Yid, a Rav in Melbourne, Australia. His name is Rav Mordechai Shmerling. A genius. I had the schluss of spending Rosh Hashanah with him one of the years that I was there. And I knew that he didn't grow up Lubavitch. He grew up, he was a, like one of these like mamish mad scientists, genius. Somehow he got turned on to the Rebbe. I don't know exactly what the story was, but this will help us understand. He said like this, one year, when he was, you know, looking into shuls and seeing what's the, you know, where, where are people holding? He said he went into a, a bunch of shuls, and what's the nigun that they sing for Avinu Malkeinu? That one, Avinu Malkeinu, right? That very famous Avinu Malkeinu. Yeah, there's so many beautiful renditions. I don't know if you ever saw uh, Amari, not Amari, Yehoshaphat. That's his Hebrew name. Amari Stadamayer's son doing the rendition in English. Did you ever see him doing this? I'm sorry for all I did wrong. That's Amari's son. Anyway, good Purim. Yeah, that's Amari's son. Yeah, you guys didn't see. Some you, said, you have to see this. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable. He's crying. I'm sorry for all I did. I pro- like I promise to be better. So sincere. It's like an amazing tikkun. Amari Stadamari's son is the one that's. You know, but he said he went to a bunch of shuls and then he went to a chabad shul and he said they sing another nigun. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he paid attention to the words. My chassidim, what do they sing? They're singing, When it comes down to it, they're singing about the melech. The rest of the oilam, It's a big musr. It's a very, very deep thing. Very precious thing. Listen, I'm sure there's just pointing out what what sticks out to a person. Because we're saying, tonight, tomorrow morning, especially Hoshana, like I shared with the Chaver yesterday, those few seconds, the first few seconds I ever saw Reb Shlomo Davin, when he was screaming, Hoshana, Lemancha, Lekeinu, Hoshana, it changed my life completely. It gave me, it gave me life. It set me on a path that, Be'ez Hashem, you know, I should be to walk on the rest of my life, please God. What are we really davening this Hashanah Rabba? Based on what we just learned. If the first par halem shil tzibur was, was mukrav on, Hoshana, on the first Hashanah Rabba, 
it seems to me that the Pnimius of Hashan Rabbah, based on how the Rogachov Redashin did out, is that we're all at a situation that none of us have any idea anymore what to do and what's right and what's wrong. Because apparently, almost anything you try to do in the world is is me'orah, some kind of a tar'omas by somebody else. It awakens some kind of a, some kind of a thing. I remember after, uh, after Rebo performed in, in, the, in, the, in the garden, I saw all these different horrible things written about, how could people call this a Kiddush Hashem? There are men and women there. And then I just wrote something small about what a schus it is to know that Rabbi Nachman of Breslov existed and there's a Torah Reish Pei Beis that speaks about Nekudos Tovas. What an amazing thing that we could choose right now to be a breast lover just for this Indian and focus on the fact that thousands of Jews were singing together in Chodesh Elul in a place that the last thing that has to do with Shem Hashem usually takes place at those concerts in that arena, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a typo. So I got this message from someone who said, um, uh, other than the fact that you have to put an H, I should have sent it to Elio to your mother, they would have fixed it. Aside from putting an H in weather, at a, I forget what it was, uh, regardless, I still disagree with you. <laughs> Anything you try to, it's, it's just crazy. Anything you try to say, because at a certain point, there must have been some kind of a shgaga. It has to be. <clears throat> I love, I love the fact that we, everyone always talks about their shul, you have shtraimos, you have chilonim, datiim, shkenazim, it's funny, everyone speaks about, about their shul, all types of Jews, you'd think, with all the achdus and types of Jews, the shul and all these different minyanim, it seems pretty weird that that's not really the sense we're getting, you know, in the, in the, in, in the world. And I think it's because in the pnimius of Hoshana Rabbah, the screaming of Hoshana is Rivon Shlenam. In the shoresh, and this is brought down in the Kutei Alochus by Reb Nassim, based on Reb Nachman. Yashana Rabbah is touching on the Shoresh, the Shoresh Habriya, even, in the root of something. Our Tzadikim had the best intentions. And even those that weren't Tzadikim, that came out with certain things that they felt was necessary, especially in a door after six million Jews were shechted, they felt maybe something has to be a little bit different. I can understand that as well. However, it's trickled down to a situation, to a Metzias, that every Jew has to scream out, Hoshana leman Hoshana. Go back to what you really meant and your real kavanas when you gave us the Torah. Go back to the real kavana you had when you decided to create man. Go out, go back, Rebbein Shleim, to the real Indian of when you told Avnavinu, Asher Ar Eka, let us go back to the beginning, beginning of what the Ikar and simple Kavana was in all those statements. Because it's trickled down to places that it's just too wild, ever. it's too crazy. It's too nuts. It's just too much. It's too much. We, I, I can't, I, out of all the nightmares I've ever had, not that I've had a lot, those seven seconds of Leo today are, are messing me up big time. They're messing me up big time. And we know, and we believe fully, in the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov, where the Baal Shem Tov says, if Kaddish Baruch Hu didn't want you to see something, and it had no shaykhs to you, hmm. guess what? You wouldn't see it. Hmm. We're living in a door that apparently we're shaykh to almost everything. 
Because we're seeing it all. We're seeing everything. We're seeing it all. So in the schus of the Kedusha of this day, of this, of the Zohar, back to the Zohar HaKadosh, in the first, right? Upitki nafki mi Malka. What should be the petek that comes out of Bey Malka? What should be the petek that comes out of the house of the king? Right? This, this chasima, this ceiling, is that I'm not coming out with saying, now I know exactly what to do this year to keep my fire going, Hashem, other than going back to you all year long and saying, Hoshana lemancha lekeinu Hoshana. Hoshana lemancha dresheinu Hoshana. Because we probably have to bring tons of, 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 of parhel and shalti. We probably have to bring a, lot, a, a bunch of these. Mistama. It must be like this. But to end all this, and I don't think this was, this was pessimistic, I think it's just the, the, the Nakuda Pnimis of you know, the Rogach over pointing out, based on the Cheshban, this is when it happened. It happened on Hashanah Rabbah, when we first came to, you know, back in Eretz Yisrael. 300 years later, we're building Beis HaMikdash, and, and now, you know, it's starting to really take place. So we're back. It's only 75, you know, what is it, 70, 75 years, 76 years? 75, so 75 years. We say that, our days passed like a, just like this. Um, it brings me more and more to the shlichas of our shul. It brings me more and more to the shlichas of every person that's here. Every person that comes and davens in here, every person that comes and learns here, every person that comes here and just opens their heart and is looking for something a bit more than whatever is outside, that the shlichus on us has to be that when I open my arms to someone else that comes here, it's not that I'm telling them, here we have it right. I hate when people say that. Here we have it down right. No. The one thing we have down right here is that we're aware that I have to scream Hoshana Lemancha Elokeinu Hoshana. Maybe that's the one thing we have done right here. That's the Nakuda of Hoshana Rabbah. Maybe that's why Hoshana Rabbah by us and the Shul has been such a... such an... Evan Yesod. How do you say that in English? Cornerstone, it's like a foundation of, 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 of the Binyan. Of the Binyan. And uh, I, I just will say one more thing that you know, the last time I had the schluss of davening that I remember with uh, someone whose name is always in this binyan is Nachum Shimon ben Yitzchak Arye is with Toby and Dov's Abba and Tamar's Abba where we davened one year Hoshana Rabba and Gan Svika. We were already getting a little bit mechila. We were already growing out a little bit of Beit Stone. It was, it was, it was impossible to do it there, I think. It was even before Beit Stone. It was before Beit Stone. Um, and there was, I don't know, when you share Hoshana Rabba moments with people, uh, you feel less lonely in the world. So like I told a friend of mine this week, you know, all of us are lonely, but my Rebbe's always said, let's just be lonely together. You know, that, that's what it boils down to. Let's just be lonely together and let's scream Hoshana Lemancha for your sake, Hashem. Not so that I could be, you know, Yoytze and I can make sure I bring the right Korban. Hoshana Lemancha Elokeinu Hoshana so that we can be able to really bring you nachas and to be part of Uvachain Tein Kovad Hashem Lamecha.
Bum 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 bum. 